Welcome to episode 43 of the Adelan Rising podcast. In this episode, we discuss Miss Marvel 29, Exiles number one, and Black Bolt number two. How are 12. you boys? 12. Oh my god, yes. Black Bolt number 12, because apparently <laughs> I cannot count today. And that's what happens. You're like, only 10 uh, issues off. Yeah, just about. I was up till 2 a.m. last night because fan fiction sucked me in and I started reading it. So. <laughs> Go to bed. Wait, I can forgive right? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're forgiven. Um, okay. I find fan fiction. fiction. It wasn't uh, well, Marvel fan fiction, but it was good fan fiction regardless. That, that's, so, you that's, know. Good. that's good. That's good. That's that's good. Um, Actually, it was Marvel fan fiction too. I read a lot of fan fiction last night. I just went on a binge. So yeah, how well, have you guys this, been? Uh, <laughs> when this when this uh, episode airs, it'll be Wednesday, and a very exciting Wednesday for human fans because it'll be uh, seeing the thirtieth um, uh, issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, oh, uh, guest yeah. starring the all new Fantastic Four, composed of Lunella and Devil Dinosaur and the Thing and Johnny Storm. And it's gonna oh, be I think awesome. that's a pretty fantastic team up. Sorry. Speaking of great team ups, it's also going to see the third issue of Lockjaw, in which uh, Lockjaw and D Man team up with the amazing Spider Ham. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the best team up you could possibly ask for, surely. Spider Pig, Spider Pig. (laughs) Well, not to be outdone, Ms. Marvel will be teaming up with the unbeatable Squirrel Girl in the free. Zero issue of Marvel Rising. Um, okay, I have a question. How come that didn't okay. happen sooner? <laughs> Good question. That's because, all I gotta say. Uh, Devin Grayson wasn't available to write it sooner, I suppose. Um, but it, uh, I've, uh, the preview art looks pretty fun. Uh, the cover is fantastic. Um, and the price can't be beat. <laughs> and it's honestly, free. like... That's a, it's like a given. It's Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel. Like, why wouldn't you read that? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this year uh, will be my first year I can actually go and get my free comic book day comic books because I haven't done it. Well, it's, in the last it's six interesting. Years. This is as far as I can tell, and I might be wrong. Uh, this isn't a free comic book day giveaway. It's just a free comic book oh. that's happening. Oh, okay. um, it's scheduled isn't to release free this comic Wednesday. Book day, though, isn't, oh, it's coming out on a Wednesday. It's not coming out on free comic book day. Right. I mean, oh. I mean perhaps it'll be more available then. Um, oh, and as usual, it's entirely possible that I've been misinformed. Um, but I'm looking forward to all three of those comics. Um, and if you guys think I'm writing reviews for all three in one day, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Doc, step up, step up. It's not like no, you've got a, it's not like you've got a life at all. <laughs> um, in other news, uh, um, the steady stream of uh, hints and, uh, and uh, sneak peeks for the death of the Inhumans has uh, continued. Um, amazing. Amazing. Uh, we we now know who the main adversary is going to be. I've been calling him Bad Bolt, but apparently his name is Vox, which is uh, a play on the Latin word for voice. I um, thought it was the Latin word for voice. Totally. Yes, yeah, it, it is. So it's also something nice. 
gonna go on on a bagel with some cream cheese. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's a real creepy looking dude. He he kind of looks like a combination combination of the Earth X version of Black Bolt combined with a little dr- Judge Death from 2018. Um, so we really carry I think I think we we kind of need to talk about this for a minute because. It does look uncannily similar to uh, the FX, um, was it Hura Black Bolt? I can't remember what his name was now. Black Knight. Black Knight, yeah. He, he <laughs> does, there are some similarities. Um, if you, I'm looking at the uh, variant cover image by, uh, I think, Carrie Andrews. And um, while the... The, the color scheme is the same, and the face mask is similar. Um, he looks rather uh, sort of like hunched over, kind of like uh, monstrous. Um, and he has apparently vol- uh, verbal powers, which which um, Uhura doesn't. I'm I'm thinking my speculation at this point that he's some sort of clone of Black Bolt that the Kree are using in this new campaign to reconquer the galaxy but along with the images we've also got the initial blurb for the first issue um which states that the uh, the kree have uh reinitiated their, their quest to colonize the known galaxy and anyone who chooses not to join them um are killed and so that's why we're seeing those pictures of those those poor aliens kind of floating in space with join or die written on their chest and whatnot. And that this whole ordeal is being led by this villainous inhuman named Vox, um, who has a, a Sith and a scythe, and, uh, a scythe you know, not <laughs> one of them big reaper. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a, uh, <laughs> not, not a Sith from star Wars. No, not an evil Jedi. I mean, um, although the color scheme is right, well, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, Darth Vaughn, my, that could totally I, be a Sith Lord. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, I would, I. This is the kind of story I think that the the MCU could really tap into. Uh, I, I, I know I got off on a bit of tangent here, and I know you're talking about the story, but all of these kind of cosmic and human stories—they're just so full of really weird stuff. <laughs> That you could just yeah. see it on the big screen. It would be great, but I know it's not going to happen. But I, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Well, it looks it looks as though um, the title might be a touch misleading because I'm guessing that some of the early victims of uh, the Kree's murderous rampage will be some of the universal Inhumans, and that those will be the Inhumans who are dying in these you know, death of inhumans. Anyways, they're making their way to Earth, and Earth's inhumans, our inhumans, will, are, you know, set, getting ready to, to fight them back. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a violent, bloody affair. Yay! Wow. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> just just what we want. After, right. after a really positive um, Inhumans Judgment Day, we get Inhumans, death of the Inhumans. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of things that have that are dead, um, I think we can officially put a fork in any chances of there being a second season of ABCs and Humans. 
Yeah. Um, the show has not been officially canceled, but much of the cast has moved on, specifically uh, Emmy Ikafor, Ikawakor, who has signed on for a reoccurring role for spies, uh, for Star's spy thriller counterpart, which I've heard good things about, actually. And more exciting, uh, Anson Mount, who portrayed Black Bolt, will be playing Captain Christopher Pike on CBS's Star Trek Discovery. So which is awesome. That's pretty cool, yeah. While I'm sad that ABC's Inhumans is ending, I'm glad that the cast, who were, I thought, quite good, are moving on to other projects and haven't had their careers destroyed. Right. Uh, I, I still think, I still think though that, and I still wish, well, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets renewed for a sixth season, um, apparently the ratings have been holding pretty steady for Friday night and the show's been doing better than people had anticipated for a Friday night. Um, if they do a sixth season, sixth season, I feel like they, they should still maybe bring in the royal family. I feel like that could put up a level of interest. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that I think the boat is sailed in my opinion. Yeah. Probably. Honestly, I, I, I would have loved to have seen crystal and Karnak show up on the show. Cause they would have totally flipped everyone. Over. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that having a couple of them appeal might be quite good, especially crystal. Cause she didn't really have an awful lot to do in, um, the actual humans TV show. Um, Karnak would be great because obviously we loved him and he was the best part of the entire Inhumans TV show. Come on, Karnak and May would be best friends. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'd, again, well, I, I disagree. I think the the best part was Lockjaw, and I think anyone and everyone would be more than happy to see Lockjaw make a cameo appearance in the Agents yes. of Shield. Show. Oh my God, is that a giant teleporting dog? <laughs> Where were you when Simmons was missing? <laughs> Oh, okay. um, but, Spoiler, but, it, but, but if you haven't seen, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. It is what it is, and um, it's not lawful. I we think we can it. say, <laughs> yep. I, I, yeah, I, quite frankly, it was. It, I mean, we, we, you, everybody can go back and listen to our thoughts because we did a basically a weekly podcast for eight weeks. Um, so <laughs> go back through our back. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, I, I don't think we were massively impressed, so it's not really. It doesn't really come as a surprise as to it not being renewed. Um, oh, but you know what didn't suck? What's that? What Miss Marvel number twenty nine? That's a nice good segue. Se- segue there, Doc. That's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Miss Marvel twenty nine was actually really good. I, I I sort of read it today, um, obviously in prep for this. Uh, yeah. Do you want to give an overview yeah. of the story, Doc? Oh, sure. Bruno's back. Miss Marvel becomes Yay. an aunt. It's a very exciting issue from the creative team of G. Willow Wilson, Nico Leone, and Ian Herring. Um, I things had been Nico Leone's artwork. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, that person really knows how to draw well. Um, things have been really hectic. For Miss Marvel in the in the past few weeks, with the evil inventor, her disappearing, yada yada yada. But now the real drama is getting ready to ensue. Um, this the issue starts off uh, in the maternity ward, where uh, Kamala's sister in law, uh, uh, Taisha, is giving birth to her and Amir's 
first child, and it's an intense ordeal. Way too much for poor Amir, who is kicked out of the delivery room after he faints. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Uh, fortunately, everything turns out all right, and and, and uh, Taisha gives birth to a healthy baby boy, whom they name Malik. Um, and uh, Kamala is just on cloud nine. She's in love with little Malik, loves being an aunt, and it all just fills her with this sort of bubbling joy. And she's just going off on patrol in her in her outfit, dancing across the rooftops, feeling feeling like a Disney princess. Um, and um, the red the red dagger jumps down to join her, and he's like, "Hey!" And she's like, "What? What are you doing here?" And she's always had kind of mixed feelings about this mysterious young hero who had so suddenly relocated from Karachi. Um, how she doesn't know that he's Kareem and how Kareem doesn't know she's Kamala is just, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just comic books, though, isn't it, Doc? <laughs> yeah. Kind of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Anyways, uh, she's been a bit defensive towards him because he sometimes acts in a way that makes her feel as though her idealism is too stemmed in a place like Naivete. Yet, Red, Red Dagger, he catches the bitter off guard. He, he professes how much he had missed her and how he's thought about her constantly and just thinks that she's wonderful. And, um, you know, Kamala, she's been so hard on herself. And to hear this kind of debonair hero profess such admiration for her really sweeps her off her feet. And before she knows it, she and Red Dagger are... Kissing atop the mini mart. This is Kamala. Her first kiss. <laughs> Trey Romantique. Um, of course, this romance, romantic moment, uh, comes to a screeching halt um, when uh, she looks down and sees that Bruno has arrived, <laughs> getting out of his Uber with his buddy Queasy, um, just in time to see this happen. And he's like, uh, I'm back. <laughs> and um, the scene switches to the next morning where Bruno and Kamala talk before school. They catch up, you know, kind of hoping they can slip back into being lifelong friends the way that things used to be. But it, it's not to be. Too much has changed. You know, Bruno, he's in love with Kamala, and he has been for as long as he's known her. And Kamala, she, she, she didn't know this. And furthermore, she felt that Bruno blamed her for the accident that left him so badly injured. Um, you know, she's, she's happy that, that he no longer hates her. Um, but nonetheless, it's still quite clear that Bruno doesn't agree with Kamala's double life as Miss Marvel. He wants things to go back the way they were. Um, she wants him to accept her for who she is. In Bruno's rush to come and see Kamala, he's entirely forgotten um, uh, that uh, right before he left for Wakanda, he had basically abandoned his then-girlfriend, Mike. Um, so Mike, come, she sees him when she arrives for school, and she's like, oh! And it becomes quite clear that he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been, she hasn't been on his thoughts at all, and she runs off in tears, and he doesn't know what to do, and everyone's kind of like, uh... And oh, and then there's this uh, new girl, this new mean girl at school who kind of like in, in her, in, inserts herself in conversation. Her name is Kaylee Kirk, and she's a total snob, and but she's also quite fetching, and, and Zoe's like, ooh, she's cute. 
And Nakia's like, no, you're not allowed to have a crush on snobs. And, <laughs> and Bruno's like, what the hell is going on here? And this is my favorite part of the book where, where, um, uh, where uh, Zoe turns to Bruno and says, oh, yeah, I'm a lesbian now. I'm not a vegan. That was just a phase. Cracked <laughs> me up. Um, so, and there's some jumping around. And after school, Bruno uh, catches up with Kamala at the Circle Mart or the Q, Circle Q or whatever it's called. Um, they continue their conversation, and, and Bruno explains, um, you know, how it's been difficult being kind of subjugated to the role of sidekick and all of Miss Marvel's uh, um, endeavors and whatnot. And, and he's been, it's left him feeling unappreciated and left behind. And, you know, and hearing Bruno express these feelings um, in such a straightforward and uh, manner has a real dramatic effect on Kamala. She's, she's really confused and conflicted and she, she excuses herself, dashing off and beelining it to her local mosque to seek counsel from her Masjid Sheikh Abdullah. And this is, for me, where the issue really comes to life. I love Sheikh Abdullah. Um, he's such a great character and his, his um, you know, he, he manages to have this near uncanny, uncanny balance of being funny, poignant, having reverence, all at the same time. I, he's just a terrific character. And he, um, the conversations between him and Kamala have always been um, just worth reading. Um, so doing her best to keep her dual identity a secret, Kamala explains that she kissed a boy. She might actually love a different boy. She doesn't have the finest idea what to do. And uh, Abdu- Sheikh Abdullah is like, you know... When it comes to young romance, he often feels like it represents a failing on his on his part in his efforts to guide those who come to him for counsel. When when one is young, everything feels so monumental. Romantic interests are overwhelming and seem like the biggest thing in the world. But as you grow older, your recollections of this intensity tends to tends to wane, and this leaves the older generation ill suited to truly relate to those confused, love struck kids. And that it's, it's it, you know, it's, it's tough. But ultimately, Abdul's advice to Kamala is that she needs to slow down, understand that she has room to make mistakes. You know, she needs to follow her heart, follow her faith, and that will lead her on the right path. Um, elsewhere, Zoe seeks out this girl, this new girl, um, Kaylee. She wants to be friendly, welcome Kaylee to the school. Um, now Kaylee is totally disinterested in being friends with anyone. She's angry, she's mean, and it would appear that she possesses superpowers. In the heat of her barking her dismissal of Zoe's friendship, Kaylee clutches at the metal of the school lockers and squeezing and contorting the metal as though it were were nothing, and then marches off, leaving poor Zoe feeling rather alarmed. Um, so, I don't know who this Kaylee is, where she comes from, the nature of her apparent superpowers... But she's angry and, and she's mean. She's a mean girl with superpowers. So it's a good bet that she and Miss Marvel will going to have to face off against each other before all is said and done. But that's going to have to wait till later because this is where the issue ends. Oh um, no! Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, there was a there's a couple of comments I was going to make that I think actually are kind of quite poignant to to us three. Um, okay. 
it it's it's basically just around the whole you know when she becomes an auntie to to the little baby um i i found that quite sort of relatable because obviously i've got a little niece i i you know you guys have all got nieces and nephews as well don't you yeah so it's kind of it's one of those things that kind of just sort of stuck with me because i'm like that's exactly how well you know i didn't quite feel like that because i wasn't an aunt you know wasn't quite as involved but uh, you know when you first sort of see your little niece or nephew and it's kind of like oh it's a baby yes <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah when i first saw my it's... nephew because he's only a year old i kind of um didn't let anyone else hold him for a few hours i was like he's mine for now he's mine yeah and you know my my brother and sister-in-law were like that's good because we could use a break (laughs) (laughs) they could use a free child uh care (laughs) yeah yeah that's what that's what i mean it's kind of one of those nice little moments that's entirely relatable and it's kind of i i i really want my niece to kind of grow up reading you know moon girl miss marvel because like you said with the the moment at the end um Oh, what was his name again? Um, uh, Sheikh Abdullah? Yeah, him. Um, just the fact that that was kind of a life lesson that everybody needs to learn kind of yes. early-ish. I think the every- funny thing about being a... I think the, the thing about being an aunt or an uncle is that you get to have all the love, but not any of the anxiety. You know, because... Yeah. Miss That's Marvel, not true because what? I had all the anxiety anyway. <laughs> well, in most cases. I mean, you have Amir, who's freaked out. At, oh, you know, well, of course, yeah. Sees Malik, and he's like, oh, how am I ever going to be the parent I need to be for this guy? That's true. I need to start saving, and he's, he's just losing his shit completely. And Because um, he's kind of a neurotic guy to start with. Um, but Miss but Kamala, she doesn't have to worry about putting the kid through school. All she has to know is that she loves this little guy, and it makes her feel great. Um, yeah. But, you know, the same advice that Abdullah gives to Kamala would just as easily apply to Amir. You yep. know, no one's going to be a parent. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get plenty of chances to get it right. Follow your heart. Follow your morality. Follow your faith. And, and, and you know, do the best you can. And um, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I think... Um, uh, Taisha has a much better head on her shoulder. She, she seems like she's going to be a good mom. Yeah, she uh, balances out Amir pretty well, actually. I think. Now, in that um, Amir is Kamala's brother, there is maybe an eleven percent chance that young Malik may possess latent and human DNA. A story for the way, way, way future, but it's a possibility. Yeah, imagine if we had, uh, you know, in, in, in humans 2050. <laughs> well, yeah, 2099 is too far away because I, I mean, plus we've had in well, those, are all those old comics were the Marvel 2099. Yeah, I mean, when do you remember those? Yeah, I was going to say 2099 when they first started coming out was like, you know, what, 100 years away? Now it's getting ever closer. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, right. So. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, Miss Marvel twenty nine was a really good issue. And I, I genuinely enjoy this book purely because of just just the the kind of stuff that everybody should know by the time that they are you know eighteen or so. You know, but it's, once they've reached adulthood, there's kind of life lessons that you potentially should have had, not should have, but you you've probably experienced. And um, it's nice to be able to get that from a 
a different source, not just your parents, family, that sort of thing? Well, you know, the, the issue uh, was joined with a very um, interesting and personal note from uh, uh, series editor uh, uh, Sana Anamant, um, who, you know, she wanted to mention that, um, you know, adding a romantic subplot to uh, Kamala's character wasn't something that she just, you know, greenlit willy-nilly, that she knew that, you know, this um, being a, a, a character who is, you know, of the Muslim faith, you know, they have very, uh, the, the, the faith has a very uh, strong feelings about um, romance before marriage. Um, yeah. And um, I thought, you know, and she talked about her own experiences growing up as, um, you know, um, a young, uh, a young woman, um, from a, from a traditional Muslim household and ha- the, the, um, pressures to steer clear of boys that she, she dealt with. And, um, what I gleaned from it was that although we have seen Kamala's first kiss, I wouldn't expect much more. I don't think we're going to see Kamala having a boyfriend. I think, uh, that, uh, she, Bruno and the Red Dagger will remain just friends, um, which probably is for the best. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that, um, you know, in that situation as well, and I hope I hope it kind of gets going to kind of like in-depth as to just because something is there doesn't mean you should take it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, that's, again, is potentially another life lesson that, people need to understand and realize that you always have a choice in that kind of situation. Right. So just to get a bit, you know, deep on that one. Well, you know, we always make these comparisons between this Marvel and Spider-Man because the comparison, you know, the similarities of, of the early days of Spider-Man and this Marvel are so evident. But while, you know, a huge portion of Peter Parker's narrative was him chasing skirts I don't think that's something we're going to see with, yeah. with Kamala. It's just not really her personality. But you know, know but you know what? Now, for, this... for people that read comic books and for the people that are quite, you know, Miss Marvel doesn't come across as the. Uh, and you know, apologies for for people who might disagree with me. She doesn't necessarily come across as a superhero kind of type. And I know that's a real kind of like silly thing to say, but it's kind of yeah. It, it's it's. She comes across as, you know, the geeky kind of nerdy sort of group of people that actually are probably more like the people that read comic books. Um, well, yeah, that's part of her. Yeah. Which is also the appeal of Peter Parker, too, is that but, but she's... He's I mean, a nerd. Yeah, but he was, he was, he was also, it's also talking, you know, his, his relationships were quite a big part of it, whereas I think that... Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to... I'm trying to trying to put something together in my mind and it's not quite come together but it's kind of like you don't want that to become just what you want to what you read in comic books do you know what i mean it's kind of which is kind of why i really enjoy the writers at the moment because it's not all about a single uh, yeah i don't know where i go with that i hear what you're saying but yeah well the, the the cover was pretty funny i think it was by um valero i don't know shut it 
Um, and it was a, a mock-up of a, of a sort of a parody of, a, of an Archie and Veronica style um, cover. Um, and that uh, sort of giving this notion to the, 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 that this issue was going to be romantic, um, but that we shouldn't worry about Miss Marvel degenerating into an issue of life with Archie. Um, yeah. It's that, that's, that's still going to be... Yeah, that's the kind of thing I was trying to get across. Um, but, you know, I caught some heat from this from my fellow fans because I'm actually not a big booster of Bruno. He's, he's not a I'm, I'm, Something about him kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, I much prefer Kareem, I think. I'm glad that, that uh, Kamala's first kiss was with him and not Bruno. Um yeah. I don't know why. Uh, I think it's because you know he was such a dick to Ma- to Michaela. He didn't even call her. He didn't yeah, that. Yeah, I her. I could agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, I I think. Um, but yeah, as long as is again, I I feel awkward saying this, but as long as it doesn't kind of like go to just about a relationship and that kind of stuff, even though I don't they think are it will. G. Willow Wilson is an excellent writer, and yeah. and I think I think it'll be fine. Honestly, like it'll be fine. It's not going to go into that. It'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, but then again, but then again, the, the the kind of lessons that are being being put into this book are quite good life lessons for people to learn. I, I think we keep saying it every every month. We discuss in this Marvel book. There's always some sort of life lesson in there that really you kind of need to know about or to experience to kind of appreciate it um yeah it's uh, fun stuff it's yeah a good book it's fun it's kind of deep it's kind of yeah there's something there for everyone truth now speaking of uh miss marvel 2099 uh <laughs> yeah. exiles we yeah. get a uh, we get to see a very one. different Kamala Kamala Khan Khan. In that one so so exiles or just con now Exiles is a bit of a weird book for us to kind of review because, I mean, it is kind of an X-book. Yeah, because it's led by Blink, who is obviously an X-Man. Um, it's kind of an odd one. But well, technically, she never was an X-Man. She she was she recruited not? by Generation X, but um, I don't know if she... I mean, I don't know how one really qualifies. Are you officially an X-Man or not? But um, hasn't I mean, she had some adventures with Generation X. But then um, the only um, X-Men adventure she had was in the Age of Apocalypse. Um, yeah, that's true. Reality. Yeah. I don't know if that counts. It's not like I'm keeping or who is and who isn't an X-Men. But um, well, no. But I mean, it's it's um, it's it's one of those books that um, I don't think I'd ever thought about or even looked into until Saladin Ahmed had been you know announced right on this one and now I and kind that's of... really why I picked it up because of the creative team look yeah if you're gonna pick up a book for an amazing creative team you've got Saladin Ahmed from Black Bolt who's an amazing writer yep. then you've got Javier Rodriguez well the team the art team of Javier Rodriguez Alvaro Lopez Jordi Belair and um, Joe Caramagna for uh, artwork. And when you combine those, if you had seen Doctor because this was also the same art team on Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, if you get this book, get it for the creative team alone, because holy crap, that's one hell of a creative team, and the fact that 
there with Saladin Ahmed, who's relatively new to comic books. But he's absolutely killing it. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I mean, there, there is, there is, uh, like, okay, okay, the team alone. yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about Black Bolt later, but I mean, Exiles, Abbott, um, has, has Quicksilver issue one come out yet? I'm not sure. No, that's not coming out till May. But I mean, that's probably going to be freaking great. Um, you know, and, and obviously it's novel and stuff, but Christ, I think we've waxed lyrical several times <laughs> in the past few months about Saladin. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it's an X book, but I mean, looking at the creative team, uh, rather the roster, it's more yeah. of a kind of a poo-poo platter of the Marvel universe. It's yeah, got, it is. You know, Avengers, uh, X-Men, Asgardians. Uh, as guardians, a chibi version of Wolverine. What I mean, come on, everyone's there. Yeah, um, um, I think um, I think the reason why we decided to pick it up is obviously because uh, Kamala Khan um, is in it. Um, I believe she's from the universe in which uh, Inhumans versus X Men basically continued until there's barely any left. Um, of either of either side, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's. It starts off on the moon with um, with who the guy who was once uh, Nick Fury Senior. He's now just known as what the Eye or oh the un- is the it the unseen um, the unseen that's it, yeah unseen. yeah and um, who, who and he he realizes that there's some force out there that's destroying realities a time eater. I don't think um, he's necessarily destroying it. It's more like removing yeah consuming consuming yeah because it's good i mean we'll talk about it at the end I'll, I'll hold what i was about to say yeah well uh, so the device which was the sort of main uh macguffin for the original exile series is this thing called the talus which has the capacity to jump between realities and timelines and it's always um bonded itself to um blink who is the Blink, who ha- originally hailed from the uh, Age of Apocalypse universe. Um, um, although she has made it to the 616 universe um, and caught up with her equivalent uh, family uh, and they, they, who live in the Bahamas. And I, actually, I didn't know this about Blink, but, you know, she's pink. But apparently she, she, her family hair, uh, are from the Bahamas. Which is pretty cool. Um, we have yeah. a, Baham- a Bahamian superhero. That so, is pretty cool. So, was it was it you? Um, uh, actually, I'm not going to go into that now. But did you? I, I didn't know if you got any flack for that on your um, Inhumans blog doc. Um, I might have read it somewhere else though. Uh, What's that? Uh, I always get flack. Well, yeah, you always get flack on that. But it was, it was basically somebody. <laughs> co- I, I can't remember where it was. I read it, but somebody commented on Blink, Blink's race. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, somebody commented really harshly and it was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I used to think she was a really great character until I found this out. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, how the <laughs> fuck can you say something like that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's some rough customers out there. I think, yeah. you know, because the Blink who shows up in the TV show The Gifted is um, portrayed by an actor of, of Asian descent. Um, maybe yeah. they figured that Blink would be Asian. Well, but it's, it turns it's, out it, it's the same in the for, comics. It's the same for Days of Future Past, uh, the movie, right? Because um, I watched that last night, and obviously she appears in that, and she's um, she's of Asian origin in there. Um, 
But actually, well, from, but, uh, the, from the, what I've read, she was always from. Uh, I mean, she's American of bah- Bahamian descent. Um, it's just that she wasn't always drawn that way, and um, you know, because she's got pink skin and no and green eyes and uh, not pink like like me, but like bright pink, fuchsia pink. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, she and um, she and she and vision match. There you go, and and I think I mean uh, I don't know if it was his decision or a group effort, a group decision, but uh, Javier Rodriguez I think chose to accentuate, um, you know, really make it evident uh, in in how he drew her hair and facial features um, that. Uh, you know, making it a little more overt her ethnic origin, which I think is cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. But no, I maybe think that's really neat. One felt that way. Javier um, Rodriguez and his artwork does not shy away from ethnic diversity. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if there's someone out there who doesn't like Blink anymore because she's Bahamian, they can go spit <laughs> in the wind. But yeah. Swivel. Um, yeah. They can go swivel. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, to anyway, me, it, it's the, ca- the the character of Blink is quite intriguing to me because, um, like I think I said before the episode started, that I now want to go back and pick up all of the old issues, <laughs> and I found an eBay for an eBay um, listing for 139 pounds. I'm just kind of like, that's a lot of money, but I really yeah. want it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all right. Anyway, Doc, you want to give us the recap? Oh well, so this this. Uh... Um, Talus object is calls out to her while she's having lunch with her auntie, and um, you know, so like Adam said, there's like 139 adventures or so, and through all that hopping through different realities, Blink is pretty much game for anything. And she's ready to jump right into the fray, and she blinks off to the moon um, and encounters the unseen. And he's, you know, he's, oh, something terrible's happening. And she's like, all right, all right, I'm on it. And the talus attaches it to her it to her wrist, and she zaps off to somewhere on elsewhere. Um, and where she goes is this alternative reality, Earth, uh, sometime in the future, where things are really crappy. It seems to be this rather post-apocalyptic world in which uh, both the Inhumans and Mutants... Um, had fought each other to near extinction, and now the humans are using sentinels to eradicate all that's left of them. Um, uh, no sooner than she shows up and she's zapped by a group of Inhumans uh, led by a new character named Cobalt, who um, <laughs> they basically all look like extras from Mad Max Fury Road, um, <laughs> and they yeah. they can detect that she's a mutant and they. Um, they decide, and they capture her, um, and take her to their leader, who is none other dun, than dun, a, dun. Really, dun, dun, dun. a really uh, weathered, uh, uh, older version of Kamala Khan, who's got a giant like cable-style gun, and uh, white hair and scars on her face, and she looks like she's been through um, some really tough times. Yeah. Yeah. And she and and uh, and Blink's like, hey, I recognize you. You're Miss Marvel. And <laughs> Khan's like, man, don't you ever call me that again. Um, and um, by now, she, 
oh, uh, she does something pretty cool. Um, she's able to embiggen her hand and put it over um, the, the sort of um, pulse lines on on um, Blink's uh, carotid artery and on her brain, and and kind of act as a uh, lie detector, and is able to tell that Blink is telling the truth when she says she's from another reality, that she's come here to to for because the tallest made her and that there is this threat out there removing extinguishing consuming realities and no sooner does she tell her that then that force comes and starts destroying that reality and although khan is reluctant to leave her people behind she doesn't have much of a choice uh, blink grabs her and they zap away um and show up in the far, far distant future where there's flying cars and other future things. And this is the land where a young uh, Nathaniel Richards lived. This is the, the young young man who would one day grow up to be uh, Kang the Conqueror. Um, and this is the version that uh, would have been uh, sent off back in time to uh, uh, create the original version of the Young Avengers, but this iteration of him didn't, and instead is using the armor that Kang gave him to pick on, to to get revenge on a couple of bullies who pushed him down a staircase or something like that. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of actually a bit of a dick. Um, well, yeah, yeah he's a, but I mean, he, he kind of, that that's kind of what every nerdy kid dreams of doing, surely. I mean, you know. Being able to beat up your bullies—it's not the right way of going about things. Sure. I'm not advocating the way that he did it, but <laughs> but I mean that's what every kid wants to do, surely. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, uh, Khan and Blink uh, stop him from actually hurting these two bullies, um, and it's quite clear that he is uh, a rather naive kid. And um, he's right, he's only sixteen, be- right? Something like that, about 15 or 16, and, and he's excited to meet time travelers, and he's like, oh yeah, I was hanging out with my older self named Kang, and he's bad news, and no sooner does he say that than Kang attacks, and he's and he's like, oh, like I'll get you. yeah, don't say his name, because he'll show up, <laughs> um, and as he attacks, the, the this evil time wave comes again, and is starting to destroy this universe, and Kang is like, what? That's not supposed to happen to me. But he gets zapped, and um, it looks as though everything's going to go to shit. And uh, <laughs> the, the three of them look up, and they see uh, this terrible creature who apparently Blink recognizes um, as uh, it's like Galactus's skull in this disembodied Galactus head. Um, with all sorts of energy coming off of it, and he's called the Time Eater. Yeah, so so I guess that's, you know, obviously he's the um, well, Galaxy Eater or whatever in... See the Galaxy... What, what's the, I don't know an awful lot about Galactus, to be quite honest with you. Um, which I, I know is quite terrible for somebody who uh, enjoys quite a lot of um, characters based off of in, uh, Fantastic Four books. Get um, to know your Galactus. Yeah, I know. I mean... <laughs> Which Galactus is it? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Is it Galactus from the um, <laughs> from the Ultimate Universe? No, 
No, no, it's just Galactus's yeah. head. Yeah. And instead of eating worlds, he's eating times or universes yeah. or realities. Yeah. He's a lot is... like the villain that, that, that Moon Girl's facing off against in the yeah, current Omnipotus. Omnipotus. Yeah, that's the word. I don't know. I don't know. I must be thinking Avengers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are kind of similar, aren't they? Yeah. It, it's a quick read, a fun read, excellent art, uh, good dialogue. Um, and if you're real uh, fast paced, they jump right into the fray. With it doesn't waste any time. No. And the, the cover art for the next issue looks pretty fun because apparently. Um, Valkyrie, the MCU version of Valkyrie, or someone who looks just like her, um, is going to fly in, um, and she's holding on to a chibi version of Wolverine, who's, who looks just hilarious. I don't know. Um, it takes some guts to use that as a character. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say it was a very odd choice, and I think that it's actually put a lot of people off. Um, and I don't say that lightly, but I, I have seen a lot of people on Twitter just being like, "I hope they get rid of Wolvie because he looks shit." Oh uh, <laughs> no, I think I think uh, Saladin Ahmed is going to do that character some justice. I have a yeah. feeling that's going to be a really, really fun character. Yeah, well, you, you kind of need some comic relief somewhere because you've got you know Blink who has kind of suffered uh, apocalypses and stuff. You've got Khan that's suffered apocalypses. Yeah, well, basically, you know, the, the genocide of a race. Yeah. You have Iron Lad, who knows he's going to become a bad guy in the future, uh, yeah. and he come on. Yeah, you kind of you kind of need that. Um, and then you've got Valkyrie, who has kind of just, you know, just got over oh, alcoholism. Oh, going to be awesome. So, I can't wait. Well, we can assume she's drunk. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But so, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, this, this is a book that I had no idea existed before this uh, book came out, and I, I do genuinely want to go back and and reread everything because um, if there's something I really enjoy, it's a kind of multiverse time travel sort of story. And Exiles, oh, right up your alley. yeah, exactly. Exiles just seems to just seems to tick every box for me. I mean, it's got a nice cast of characters. It's got you know a good multiverse story. Um, and yeah, I love that. That's why I like kind of my favorite stories are like Days of Future Past, and uh, I'm yet to read Age of Apocalypse, but I've got the book because it's based off of an alternate timeline. Age of X was actually pretty good. Um, I know I'm listing a lot of uh, X Men books here. It's the Inhumans podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Inhumans so. 2099, guys. I mean, that was uh, great. Yeah, it'll be good. Well, I think that it is a kind of a funny meta commentary to use Wolvie because you know there there was this old kind of notion that Wolverine was everywhere, um, yeah. and that you you know he was a member of every team. He showed up in every book, so naturally the. the of course, there's going to be some like goofy uh, hydrocephalic cartoon version of him out there, and and yeah, we're going to, he's going to be on the team. Um, yeah, and I, actually, know. I'm I'm quite excited for him to to join. I mean, um, I, I, as bad as I said, I've kind of missed the six one six Wolverine as well. Um, well, he's coming back. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I'm quite I'm quite happy and quite looking forward to that. Um, a lot of people would probably. I don't know. I'm kind of sad that. X twenty three is losing the title of Wolverine because of it. it seems. Yeah, no, yeah. she's Laura. she's my favorite Wolverine. Yeah, my, I, mine too. I've I've had that book since day one, since it came out in twenty fifteen, and it's been one of my absolute favorites on my pool list. I mean, it, here's all I'm gonna say: is if Miles and Peter can both go by Spider Man, why can't Laura and Logan? 
Well, exactly. well I, I think they're they're changing Miles's name too. Yeah, yeah, he's becoming Spidey, and if that, and if, I'm going to say this too, if Jessica Drew does not teach him the ropes and add him to her list of spider kids she has mentored, I will be very sad. But that's it. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but yeah, Exiles highly recommended. Um, I, I do, I do hope it's going to um, become more than just a five issue arc. I hope it's going to sort of spawn a new hundred issue run of Exiles. Um, we will see. I have a feeling Blink seems to be a pretty well loved character, and we know Miss Marvel is. So I'm really intrigued to see where it goes. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad uh, I, and um, I think issue two comes out next week. I think the preview is up. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, is it double double really? issue month? Yeah. I was gonna say because yeah, because issue yeah next I, week issue five has already been um, what's the word solicited for two months time basically I assume so. I guess it's double shipping for the first couple of months, which is great. Yeah. I'm happy cool with beans. that. I mean, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have a lot of uh, Inhuman fucks this week, um, next week because we've got Moon Girl coming out next week and Lockjaw and Exile. So that's good. That's good. I'll read that. Yeah. Um, so actually, we might have more books than uh, we originally <laughs> anticipated. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> so, a feast or famine. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Black Bolt. Did we speak of Black Bolt? I mean, this is this is pushing the segue game quite a little bit now. Um, well, I mentioned this coming out. You know, you know, we we we've, we've name dropped them a few times. Yeah, we have. Yeah, that's that's cool. definitely in human. So, segue needs to be done, right? So, what was it? Black Bolt Twelve came out um, oh, a couple boy. of weeks ago, uh, which. I, I was not looking forward to, and um, I was not looking forward to it, but I also couldn't wait to read it. Yeah, uh, but it is. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was very sad after reading it because it was just like, it was like you, you couldn't the, the book couldn't get any better, and then it and then issue twelve came out, and it was like, why is this oh, ending? It's ending? Yeah. Why? I, well, I know Saladin Ahmed said he had originally pitched it as a six issue arc, but he had a second issue in case the book did really well. Yeah. And I guess, um, I guess he told the story he wanted to tell and didn't really have to tell any more. Yeah, which is a shame. But I, yeah, he's he's an absolute credit to Marvel. I, I just, I, I don't. Whoever. I, I don't think Marvel should ever let him go. I think they need to get him on a, <laughs> you know, on a um, exclusive deal. Yeah, an exclusivity deal because because Boom Studios have got obviously the book Abbott coming out by him. Um, and it's it's he, yeah he just writes really well but obviously my my main uh, my main love for this book is the artwork which oh my well. god yeah Christian Ward just like knocked it out of the park every issue yeah I mean I don't know how <clears throat> I don't know how he does it but it's just like the um, you know the 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 emotiveness of each person and just the way he kind of captures the the emotion of everyone in this book is kind of, you know, I'm looking at a couple of pages, looking at her, uh, kind of looking at Black Belt himself, that sort of thing. But um, talking to the even book, Lockjaw, yeah, even Lockjaw. Um, but I mean, yeah, Doc, do you want to give the um, do you want to give the run through? I mean, I just well, amazing. Uh, sit here and relive it and we're start weeping. <laughs> well, um, so where things had left off was that. Uh, 
uh, Lash had abducted Lockjaw and Blinky and was trying to use him in this harebrained scheme to create a new Terrigen Cloud. And um, the trauma of seeing all this happened uh, caused uh, Blinky to allow this uh, little figment of the jailer who had been kind of a stowaway in her psyche to, to take over and uh, use her powers to create um, illusions, uh, tangible illusions, to sort of transform her into the jailer with all of his powers and um, bad news. And um, he, the jailer makes short work of uh, Lash and his minions um, and uh, uh, um, it now Black Bolt is facing off against this villain on his own. And somehow, um, through her telepathy, uh, uh, Blinky has sort of found her way into Black Bolt's psyche. And at the same time, Black Bolt's mind has reached out and pulled in um, his son, Ahura, who's also a psychic. And so while the same time that Black Bolt is fighting the Jailer in the real world, in his internal world, uh, Blinky and Ahura are fighting these um, the demons of his past, of Black Bolt's past. Um, and um, it starts off with this uh, sort of flashback, although it's not really a flashback, it's a memory um, that's happening in real time, of um, all the terrible <clears throat> all the terrible things that that Black Bolt's parents subjected him to. Um, you know, they, uh, King Agon and Queen Rinda, the Black Bolt's mom and dad, um, they were obsessed with unlocking the, the higher potential of Terragenesis. And to this extent, um, Rinda was exposed to Terragen um, when she was pregnant with Black Bolt. He, was, he went through Terragenesis uh, in utero and was born with his powers, really impressive powers, already occurring. Um, because of the nature of his voice, he had to be sequestered to the soundproof room and um, forced to just diligently study and control his behavior. And um, his dad was really just kind of a torturous taskmaster in doing this, uh, forcing him to learn absolute control of his emotions so that he wouldn't accidentally use his powers. Um, and, and destroy things. Um, so he would make him, he would, you know, put him to sleep and make him have nightmares and, um, insist that he not react at all to these nightmares. And it was just a shitty way to grow up. Um, yeah, I, I think Ahura kind of realized that at that point, didn't he? It was, right. Yeah. It's like, what is this? This is terrible. You know, Ahura is always kind of, um, resented his father for well for being right. a stinky father um, right and i think this helped him realize of you know he's always been an unemotional stoic withdrawn asshole because that's how he was made yeah <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like there's that there's that saying i can't remember what it's called is it is it well i think it is literally sins of the father um yeah. i don't know whether that applies here because I, I don't know the whole context of the quote but it's essentially you know what happened to you you end up doing to somebody else because you had it done to you and it's kind of a I felt it was appropriate yeah. <laughs> well now this is not so much um, you know the thing with a, with a traumatic memory is it's never relegated to the past you always 
experience it as though it were still happening. And that's what's going on in his mind now, that even though this is something that happened in the past, it's, it's, it occurs in, in, in front of Blinky and Ahura as though it was happening in the present. And Ahura tries to engage. He's like, hey, you bastard, Grandpa, leave, leave my dad alone. Um, at which point, um, Aegon kind of mutates into this sort of algamon, this combined version of the Jailer and Aegon together, and, and he sends the two of them into the nightmare. Um, um, but now Blinky and Ahura, they, they're not without powers of their own, and they use their own psychic cool powers to fight off the nightmare monsters that are bedeviling inf- uh, toddler-age Black Bolt. Which leads to this very funny scene where Ohura gets to meet his dad as a kid. Yes. Well, I can't wait to tell my therapist about this. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, so it's uh, what happens then? Elsewhere, Lockjaw has used his teleporting powers to bring ti- Titania to the graveyard where she had just buried her husband. Um, and she's like, "Why? You know, why have you brought me here? I wanted to go get the wrecking crew and." and rush back to Greenland to help Black Bolt. But, you know, Lockjaw, he's got extra perceptual senses. He know he's he's brought her here for a reason, and that quickly becomes evident as the ground around the grave where where, where they buried Creel, or where they buried his ball and chain, starts to stir, and um, all of a sudden, um, the absorbing man, Crusher Creel, uh, emerges from the ground, and... He explains that a, a part of him had had remained bonded to his um, his ball and chain, and and he was you know it took a great deal of concentration. It was such a great, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite scenes in this in yeah. this issue. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> because you you've got two characters who you know aren't entirely likable, and it's like you just make them entirely human. Um, in that one single bit, and it's just like it—it it is the best bit so far yeah. of the book. <laughs> um, um, you know, Titania, she's just so happy to see her husband again, and you know, and and um, but she's like, hey, you know, the jailer is back. We have to go help him, and and you know, Creel knows he ne- he needs to go help, but he is terrified, and he's he's not. You know, he totally expresses how scared he is, which isn't something you don't really see that often in comic books about I don't, heroes I, I, or I, villains or I, I anyone say you, talking you, about being afraid. Yeah, you don't see it in real life, particularly with blokes. You know, <laughs> it's it's kind of it's almost that stereotypical man thing that you, you you don't tend to see a bloke admit when he's scared. Which is, you know, again, it it's it you know, it's a great thing about this book is it it doesn't want to go down the normal tropes of macho men and things like that so well his fear aside he and titania are are ready to go go to greenland and 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 throw down alongside black bolt against the jailer and lockjaw teleports him there now as the battle rages on outside of black bolt's mind inside it's also going on and here you know you were talking about christian ward's art Oh, boy, he really cuts loose here with this great psychedelic M.C. Escher style neatness of yeah. um, of uh, Blinky, Ahura, and young 
Black Bolt fighting off all these psychological monsters and representations of trauma, and it's just brilliant looking. Um, and, um, you know, Black Bolt had been repressing himself all along, and he, you know, finally he can no longer do so, and he yells, you know, leave my friends alone, and, and that power really yeah. um, uh, helps out and whatnot. And um, so... <clears throat> Now, on the outside, Black Bolt, he can feel that something is, you know, helping him on the inside. And he's also quite happy to see that uh, Creel back and, and Titania back. And, you know, it, it just makes him feel good. And he, he comes to realize that um, his power was never actually halved. He didn't lose his power. He kind of, like, psychosomatically repressed it because... Um, now this, we can theorize as to why this this is the case. My my thought was that um, he liked who he had become by way of his experiences in the jail. I mean, be, what he endured in that space prison was terrible, but it humbled him and it made him a better person. And I think that a part of him might have repressed his powers because he felt like. Um, he liked who he was without having to be so stoic. And, and um, you know, there, there's this whole notion, this sort of thematic that runs through this issue and the series as a whole of the key differences between strength and power. You know, power is lonely. It's self-agency. It's, it's autonomy. But strength is is dependency it's what you gain through your relationships through being able to rely on others and you know i think black bolt he's always like very strictly bifurcated those two things he said i can be i can be powerful and lonely and therefore can't really be strong and and let other people fully into his life um and through this whole experience he's realized you can do both that he can yeah. be strong and powerful Yep. That he can be autonomous and interconnected, and that opens up the gate. You know, he realizes he does have his full power, and he cuts loose and opens up on that power on the jailer, ripping off the, the sort of muzzle but of fear. You know, this sort of like uh, in, in embodiment of fear that the that the jailer had put on him as a muzzle, and he takes it off, and he says, "It's over." And this unleashes this wave of energy that disintegrates the jailer, uh, ripping away all of the fear and pain and suffering that had empowered the jailer, leaving behind this weak, sort of frail man who was this ancient and human who had been cast away centuries ago. Um, and um, even, even, uh, even he dissipates. Um, we only get to see him for a quick moment. Um, and he, he sort of dissolves into the ether like a memory that's been fully digested. And, hey, everyone wins. The jailer is gone. Blinky Yay. regains her body. Somehow, Ahura has even physically been transplanted to the scene as well. Uh, Black Bolt, no, or understand how his son has got there, but he doesn't understand how his friend Creel has been resurrected. But, you know... The hows and whys don't matter. He's just really, really happy to see them. And Ahura tentative, tentatively approaches his dad, and he understands his father much better than he had before. 
but he isn't sure exactly how to connect with him just yet. And Black Bolt, he relieves Zephora of having to, to decide by just grabbing him and giving him a big hug. And it's the kind of hug that, um, it's the kind of show of nurturing that, that Ahura has been denied for way too long. And it's, it's, uh, it's really nice. You know, he can't make up for the pains of Ahura's childhood, the, 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 the failures he made, but, but they can start a new path forward together. Right. And it's it was, really nice. It was really great. And then so Black the narration Bolt then jumps uh, about a week or so forward <laughs> in, uh, in, to, into Creel's apartment building where um, uh, Titania is playing video games um, using Lockjaw as a couch. <laughs> and um, Blinky is just eating as much ice cream as she can get her hands on. She loves it. Well, um, yeah. It's ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's ice cream. <laughs> Um, and Black Bolt's in the kitchen trying <laughs> with scramble an egg the, to, to, to fry an egg. He's gone through 12 and he's screwed up. He's burnt every one of them. He's just, you know, he can't do it. Um, sometimes a little, Black Bolt, you just gotta accept your limitations. Right. Go crack a few eggs to make an omelet. We get a little hint about what's the future holds for Blinky. She says that she's she says that she's felt kind of inspired by the way that that Black Bull conquered his own demons, and that maybe she's going to return to her home planet and help um, her the people she left behind in overthrowing the 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 the, the bad people there. Um, so that might explain why we not why we won't see Blinky much in the future. Hopefully we'll get some story we'll see what happens to her. Um, but, um, so, Black Bolt, he, he screws up his last egg. He's like, I just can't do this, and whatever. And they hear this loud thump coming from the roof, and Black Bolt knows exactly what it is, and he he floats up to the, to the roof of the building where one of um, Adelan's flying cars is parked, and it's, it's Medusa. Uh, his former wife. And now she's been through her own trials. She and the Royals had done their whole thing. And in the middle of both of their uh, darkest moments, they had that, you know, it occurred last issue where they were able to meet in, in, in the astral plane and help each other. And, um, you know, Black Bolt, he has his power. He, 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 he can't talk anymore. And Medusa and he had kind of drifted apart so that she can't, you know, read his thoughts the way she once had. Um, but in this moment, they, they kind of are on the same page again. And, you know, he takes her in his arms and they float up above the New York skyline. And, and they know they can't go back to the way it was. Uh, they know that there is a schism between them. They had drifted apart, but perhaps they might you know, find a way back together, that they're going to forge something new, and it's a really nice, happy ending. And, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Nice. That last page was, like... It's a beautiful image. Absolutely yeah. perfect. I loved it. Like, this whole series, like, as someone who was not a Black Bolt fan going into it... Okay. I am a fan <laughs> now. I am very much a fan now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it was a complete redefinition of the character. Um, you know, taking him from someone who was this stoic, silent, 
you know, kind of hyper masculine character and re and like breaking him apart and reforming him as someone who's much more emotionally in tune, much more uh, powerful in a in a more not not feminine way, but maternal way. Um, and well, I, yeah, I, it, I I think I think it's just it, parental as opposed to. It, yeah. In in a way, because it's kind of you know he he realizes what he has got and that well you know for, for familial, I suppose is a good good way to put it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I love I love this book. I I I am I'm genuinely really sad that it's over. Um, well, you know, I'd rather. I mean, I am too. But, but yeah, but if I, you can if you can put out twelve issues, I've, each one. That are just you know totally fantastic. Sometimes it's it's better to to quit when you're ahead as opposed to like getting to fifty issues and having a bunch of like crappy filler ones in there. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's that true. Is true. Yeah, I can understand that, but I, I I just I I think this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of well I've said it on previous episodes. Well, it, it's one of the reasons why I'm really excited by the current creative teams all over Marvel because they. They're kind of a little bit more in tune with kind of what people want to read. If you does that make any sense? Um, yeah, like uh, like well, like Tom Taylor at All New Wolverine. It's kind of like that. That book has always been a very very good book. Um, well, I think too because of social media and they can interact with the fans more, and they're seeing what the fans are 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 gravitating to and what kind of stories the fans are are enjoying reading. And um, I think that. Currently, it seems like a lot of fans are enjoying the more character-driven books. Yeah, yeah, definitely. at least that's that's the 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 theory I'm getting, or the feeling I'm getting rather. So I I I feel like Marvel is seeing that, and and the creators are seeing that, and they're going, "Look, this is what people are reading." So we need to churn out books like this, which is why a book like Black Bolt. And, and Wolverine have been have been have been so well received. Um, well received, but not necessarily huge sellers. I mean, no, I think that I, we we don't want to confuse quality and sales. Um, well, no, but you, you, but I mean, in that sort of situation, you kind of have to go. Well, look at Image, look at IDW, who who consistently put out really quite good books all the time, and they get sort of like core of the sales that even the worst sellers at Marvel have been getting. And I apologize for the helicopter that's just going over. Uh. Well, I, I think uh, um, that we don't know how these books are doing because Marvel doesn't release their digital sales. Um, I think that when you talk about the core buyer who goes to the brick and mortar store, they're generally people. No, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, and the a lot of those people they're going in to follow the characters they followed as kids. Yeah. So that means that they're going to read Spider-Man, they're going to read X-Men, Batman. So fringe or new characters like the Inhumans, like Miss Marvel, like Moon Girl, that, that's not really in there. Um, so I'd really like to see how, because all the kids I know, when I say kids, I mean people your age, Adam. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. They, yeah, 20-somethings or, or teenagers. I know a few through my work and through boy, whatever. Um, no one reads books normal. 
like page books. They all read it on their phones and their tablets and their computers. Um, if you can do it without having to hold it, <laughs> you'll do it. You know, everything is computerized. I'd really like to see what the digital sales are because um, I don't know why those figures aren't released. Yeah, it's, it's weird because surely they're the ones that are easier to track. So, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I mean, yeah. So when you talk about new reader, everyone talking about oh, it wants to be new reader friendly. Well, what is and isn't new reader friendly? Yeah, well, I don't it's, know. It's kind of it's it's that it's that weird thing where actually, um, you know, what is the future of print media in in general and that kind of thing. Um, you know, we could we could probably talk about this all day, but. It's it's kind of it's weird because I buy my comic books in my subscription because they're quite they're they're really quite discounted because I buy uh, buy quite a few so I spend about two pound thirty a book um, but I then redeem the digital codes and read them digitally. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's so what I do though. Done. Like well, when I was able to, but that that is what I would do is I would I would buy the physical copy of the book and then immediately download the digital copy onto my Kindle because because yeah, I want to keep. You can walk out the side and you can go and, you know, you can go down to a, a park or a, a local lake or something and you can just chill out and read them at, in, around there. Um, Without having to carry a stack of books with you. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, I think digital is definitely the way to go, but it's just, it's just. But yeah. I don't know, because sometimes like with the digital, the art, you don't get the full impact of the art like you do with an actual physical copy, in my that's, opinion. Yeah, that's true. Or a print. Because <laughs> yeah, well, um, they, uh, I when when I do read comics on the digital, I read it through uh, Comicsology, yeah, and they have a guided reader thing where they they kind of yeah, like what the yep. Marvel Comics app has too. But it, I think Marvel <clears throat> app and Comicsology are on the same platform. Yeah, um, a Comicsology. Yeah, I mean, yeah. personally, I prefer the hard copy. I just I'm old, and that's the well, way I well, like no, it. Because I'm. I'm of that opinion as well. I, I like to have a thing, which is why I always buy the paperback stuff because you 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 own that then. Whereas the digital copies you don't own. They Marvel can shut down their digital stuff tomorrow, and you no longer yeah. have access to that anymore. And it's it's weird the way that. Oh it's no! Done. When you so, download it, you can have it. Yeah, I know. But what I mean is that um, is is that once that's once you've then deleted it, Marvel can then say, "Well, we're we're not going to supply it anymore," and they can take it off their servers. Uh-huh. So it's it's kind of like iTunes in the way that you never actually own music on iTunes. They they can remove the, you know, the ability to listen to it online and that kind of stuff. Um, which sucks. Well, but I, mean, I don't know. You and you and her, you both uh, keep your comics after you read them, right? Yeah. Yes. See, if I did that, my whole house would just be filled with comics. Yeah, um, I, I think. Um, I think again, I mentioned before the show that we were um, before the episode that um, we were. I, I I reboxed all of my comics from two massive, great storage boxes into um, into the equivalent of, of eleven short boxes. So. And now, where do they live? Uh, they're they're still in my bedroom. Um, they they take they take up more vertical space, but less less horizontal space. If that makes any sense. So, so when you venture out and buy and and rent your own flat, are they coming with you? Uh, well, they'll have yes. to because my mum's not gonna <laughs> my mum's not gonna want me to um, to keep them here. So, but uh, yeah, back to Blackpot though. Excellent book. Yeah, right. Excellent issue. Excellent, yeah. Um, 
shame it's over. Saladin is a fantastic writer, and quite frankly, kudos to Saladin who took to writing a comic like a fish to water because he had this was his first outing in writing a comic, and the fact that it was so compelling and so good. Like I've seen a lot of um, writers go into comics and and they struggle a little bit with with the book at first and getting it used to the format, but he just like. He understood it. was like it. he'd been it's... writing. Yeah, he just this is like he's been writing comics forever. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird because we've basically reviewed two books that he's written this month, um, both Exiles and Black Bolt, and um, yeah, both very different books, but really well written. Um, I enjoyed both of them. Um, uh, he's writing Abbott as well, which I need to catch up on. I think issue four comes out this week uh, from Boom Studios. I don't know if you've been reading that doc. Isn't that from your set in your home city sure is and uh i uh i'm I'm up to issue two yeah i I recommend it it's a good read i've got issue three wild i haven't read it yet yeah it's kind of it it started off really well and it's kind of like a bit of a mix of almost like jessica jones dr strange and yeah it it started off really well i need to catch up sums it up pretty well um and um i one thing I thought I would never say is that an Inhumans book is up for a Hugo Award. Yeah. Um, which is quite amazing. Yes. I mean, granted, Miss Marvel was also nominated for a Hugo, but um, uh, I think they got a good chance of winning it, actually. I'm looking at the competition. Most of the books they're up against are books that are in didn't, you know, volume didn't get three, Black volume Didn't Blackbolt get nominated, too? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. okay. I'm sorry. I thought you said Miss Marvel, and I was like, wait, what? I don't know. Miss Marvel was nominated for Hugo several years back. Um, okay. For some reason, uh, I zoned out, apparently. <laughs> Just weird to think that Miss Marvel's been going since 2015. Or earlier than that, 2014, isn't it? Yeah. That's uh, weird. That's I just... If I feel... Old. Well, I think in lieu of issue 31, they're going to have it be issue 50. Yeah. Because um, that's gosh. what it would have been... Which, if they didn't renumber, I'm actually going to buy a physical copy of that one. Um, oh yeah, who isn't? Because um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't buy Miss Marvel physical, so um, which is a shame. I forget the name of the the artist who's doing the cover, but it's it's really cool. Um, Talking of Miss Marvel, though, uh, I don't know how right. many. I don't know if you guys, uh, Doc, you 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 uh, read all new Wolverine, right? I have yes. So, um, so old woman Laura has a. Uh, oh right. <laughs> has a really nice. Miss Marvel's president. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah. like it's so cool. Um, yeah, Miss Marvel's pre- uh, that I, I I recommend that book as well. It's such a it's such a great book. Um, and that's that coming to funny, an end soon. Uh, old old woman Laura was a nice sort of juxtaposition to old man Logan because instead of it being a dystopia, it was more of a utopia. Yeah. Um, and um, I think uh, President Khan, in and of itself, was 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 made it worth reading the issue. Um, Definitely, I can imagine that the the mere thought of it blew up some heads amongst the alt right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt that. Um, have you guys been reading uh, Domino? Oh, Gail Simone Duncan. Uh, I, I have read, not, I, no. I had the first issue. I haven't gotten around to it yet, though. Uh, yeah, read that um, as well. That's great. I, mean, I'm, I know I'm just, you know, coming off the bat of all the, basically all the new X books coming out, which, you know, they are genuinely really good. They've got really good writers on. Um, 
but uh, I, I, I'm currently I'm only reading um, X Men Red, which I think is really good. Yeah, I recommend that one. So I'm <clears throat> I'm reading X Men Blue as well because the the team is bloody awesome. So um, it's it's, it's the O five. Oh, it's not the O five anymore. No, it's it's, um, it's Polaris, uh, Zorn, Dakin. Uh, Jimmy Logan, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hudson, sorry, um, and whoever else I can't I forget. So they have two Wolverines on their team. <laughs> yes, they do. It's brilliant. My goodness! <laughs> oh come on! I'm telling like, you, they should sure, have a Wolverine team. I think. I think my my two favorite characters have always been Iron Man and Wolverine. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. I think that's what we got. All right, so. We'll have a lot to talk about next time we meet. Or yes. yes, we will. Thing. And, so, and, um, and it will probably be after Infinity War as well, So, um, which comes out this week. Um, by the time this episode comes out, I will have uh, I will be getting ready to go and see it that night. Because so, I'm seeing it at midnight you release. You midnight release on a Thursday day ahead morning. of us. Yeah. I haven't even bought my ticket yet. I'm saddened. That. Well, I'm uh, sure there'll be tickets available. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I mean, I'm, um, the weird thing is, is in in the US, it's like Black Panther was so popular, and it was apparently it was sold out very, very quickly for a very long time. Um, mm. In the UK, I just didn't. We didn't see that. We, we it was very, very popular. Don't get me wrong, but it it just it wasn't ever sold out for long periods of time, which is kind of you know disappointing, but. It's still good. Well, I mean, I, I think maybe it was sold out in for smaller venues and whatnot. But I mean, here in Chicago, you you could get a ticket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was playing at a ton of theaters. So. Oh well, yeah, it probably still is. To be fair, um, yeah, it's up there still. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, Infinity War out is is out in the UK on Thursday, US on Friday. I believe some parts of Europe get it on Wednesday. Um, which is cool. Well, if you get us in spoilers, please keep them to yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, and if you guys want to get in contact with us, um, you can email us at the show at atalanrising dot com or um, or on Twitter at atalanrising one. So, yes. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, and you guys all have a great day. Bye, Bye. Avengers. <laughs>